My name is Thomas Proffitt. I'm a filmmaker based outside Philadelphia, PA, and I'm looking to create a life for myself writing and directing films. On this podcast, I give my take on things as well as interview friends, filmmakers, and interesting folks about just about anything. You can find the full podcast catalog at ProfitableProductions.com backslash podcast. Profitable is spelled like my name with two F's and two T's. You can also find clips from my episodes there as well as my films. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Tom Profit Take. Welcome back to Tom Profit Take. Take 15B Filmmaking Toolbox number one. How I make films from idea to final cut. Part two, writing. So for part two... This is about basically how I write, and I've I've covered a lot of things so far uh, about writing. Um, I've covered a, a lot about ideas and the, the brainstorming process and the process of having um, ideas. And so a lot of this podcast is this it's it, it's interconnected, um, and that's why I consider it three parts of one podcast, even though it's a ridiculously long one. Um, and uh, before I get into it. Um, I had an extra note that I may have left out from the previous part, um, but it, 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 it goes well with this. Um, so that's fine. Uh, basically before writing, uh, or between my writing sessions, I have four power naps. Uh, you can have, I recommend two to four. Uh, I personally do four. I don't do more than that. Why do I do it? Uh, it wipes the slate clean. It gives you fresh energy to attack at full speed again. And um, now, I mean, you can do, I used to do one power nap between sessions. Um, I'd recommend doing at least one. Now, two of them, you take power nap to kind of refresh yourself and then a second one to get ready to go right into it. And after you take a, a power nap, you go without interruption or, or interacting with anybody right into writing until it's done and or until you're done editing after the writing session. Um, and, but I do four um, because not only does that allow me to get, not, not only does it wipe the slate more clean, it allows me to have more energy when I go into it. And I've, I've, my process has gotten to a point where I'm used to that level of energy between my, you know, you know, or that level of energy that I get back through the naps before my next writing session. Um, but it also gives me extra time to do my secondary writing, which I'll get into. And it's based, my secondary writings, basically, it's not writing um, like I'm sitting down writing things at a, you know, a computer or a typewriter or like writing things on paper. It's writing that that's going on just in my head. Um, I do that for comedy sketches, and I'll get into that, why I do it that way. Um, and it, it, originally it was just for convenience because it was it took a lot out of me to, to spend a writing session on something. And if it wasn't, if I'm trying to work on a really short comedy sketch, I can do it better all in my head or during workouts or meditation and, and map it out in a state of creativity and make it sh sure that it's very tightly written um, before hitting pen to paper. Because once you start hitting pen to paper, I'll talk about how your process of your creative process slows down and it becomes like trudging through 
uh, quicksand, and I'll, I'll get into that metaphor, I think, hopefully. Um, I should. I really better. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's in here. Um, but I'll, I'll remember. <laughs> so, uh, also, the right before the fourth nap between writing sessions, or if it's after meditating before the first writing session or, or whatever deep work session it is, before the fourth nap, which is the nap right before I go and do the work and go right into it. I find I'm most creative if I allow myself 30 minutes to an hour or so. Sometimes it goes to an hour or over. Um, just indulging in the internet. <laughs> I, I shit you not. If you, if you just, if you allow yourself, like I, I usually restrict myself from going on the internet, going on social media, I'm very restrictive about that because once I do, I'm, I, I have ADHD really like, like, like out the wazoo. And so if I go on there, if I go on the internet or YouTube, I'm going to be going down a YouTube rabbit hole. The algorithm is a YouTube is just a rabbit hole that is endless and you can just find yourself lost in it for hours. I find if you allow yourself to get lost for 30 minutes or an hour, an hour is usually solid. More than that, you start to lose. I start to lose. Uh, it, it, it becomes too much. But it's like 45 minutes to an hour. That's the sweet spot. I allow myself to just go on the internet. In some cases, 30 minutes is good. If I can do that, that, that works. Sometimes it's not enough. Um, but it's 30 minutes to an hour. And if I can allow myself to indulge in the internet a bit on social media, Instagram, just allow the dreaded algorithms of of content of endless content to just allow you to just roam free what happens is when you go to write or do whatever deep work session you're doing you're much more creative you have more ideas coming to you 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 feel like you indulged enough to you know have the energy to stick it through a very productive session. And a productive session takes a lot out of you. And, and really it's like you're feeding the tank with ideas and inspiration and, and a sense of humor, especially if you're watching like funny stuff on the internet or something. Um, something about that really helps you approach writing, if you're especially of a comedy, in a way that is, that is kind of lighthearted, um, that, that feels clever, that feels exciting, surprising. You have a lot of ideas that just come out of nowhere. And I, I don't know what it is, but just allowing yourself to just enter into the ether of, of the web and just tap into just watching a bunch of shit. And it, it, it leads you down, it leads you to have ideas after that nap and, and that's important. You, you do that. Once you go on the social media, you're really distracted. I'm really distracted. I'm all over the place. I'm a mess. All right. And I can't, I'm not focused. Okay. But when I take a 20 minute power nap after that and go right into writing, uh, I know I'm going to have a solid session or as solid as it can be. If I've done everything else right, of course, in my, my, my creative routine. Um, it's a really mysterious thing. And uh, if I 
screw up if I interact with somebody before my writing session. I have to do that whole thing over again where I go and before that nap, indulge in social media and internet and whatnot. But it's just something that works. Uh, it's just something that's worked for me. And, and if you you want to try this on like on a micro dose, I recommend doing that. You you practice, you know, doing a twenty minute power nap. But before that, go on the internet. Just allow yourself. Watch whatever you want. Just do whatever. Go on YouTube. Um, if you have a website you like to watch that just has endless content, I find Reddit may or may not work for this. Reddit doesn't really distract me for some reason. Like it doesn't. It doesn't leave me feeling. Like my my attention span has been just like chopped up. That's that's what you're looking for is something that feels like it's chopping up your attention span and making you less focused. I don't I don't know why to why, I don't know why I can get away with watching Reddit and not feel um like my brain's been distracted. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know why I don't know why Reddit doesn't leave my brain feeling kind of chopped up in terms of being distracted but um it just it's it i don't know i can just feel it it's just a gut feeling but um yeah no i highly recommend that um so to begin with uh how to write uh in terms of the outline i have ahead of me i think you need to start with having the desire for an idea and I think that's, that's something that David Lynch put forth. Um, and and when it comes to you, there's a time to write it down. And there's a time not to. But uh, if we're, I'll I'll go into David Lynch's method. But also, in order to have the desire for an idea, like like if you know from a point of you know meditation teaches you how to observe thought processes as they're going through your mind even it teaches you how to it gives you the ability to observe pain you realize that pain is or discomfort is or pain is is discomfort and fear is knowing is is seeing pain coming and but if you if you meditate you realize that when it comes, when you experience that pain, you're enduring. If you're pain, if you're if you're enduring pain now, that's what you feared. That's the thing you feared. Whenever you're feeling nervous about anything, about a performance, if you're an actor, or writing something, if you're a writer, or directing something, if you're a director, or anything, um, when you feel nervous, or <laughs> me, excuse me, um, leading up to recording this for the second time today, uh, hoping that I don't screw up. Uh, if you're anticipating pain or or discomfort, you know, that that's what fear is made of. And that's what anxiety is made up of. But when you if you're enduring it, what's the big deal, you know? And so from from that point of view of, of observing thought processes, we're going to observe the thought process of how do you have the desire for an idea? You know, you it, it it doesn't just sometimes it's not automatic you know if, if you're not ha automatically having ideas you you know and if we, if we uh take in the uh the philosophy that i started with of extreme ownership the the jocko willink philosophy if you if you take extreme ownership of this it's up to you to have the desire to create the desire for the the idea 
if you feel like you're not having ideas, you got to dig in and, and, and do things that trigger that, that desire for the idea. And, and I think part of that is creating limitations, telling yourself, I have to create this limitation. I'm, this is, this is what I want to make a film based on, or this is the resources I have to make a film within, or I want to make a non-location dependent film, or, or this actor is somebody I want to work with. That's a good limitation to work within, and that can trigger ideas. A lot of times, I like to work with, I like to have a you know work on a, a, a short film idea because this is a filmmaker or or this is an actor I want to work with, and I want to, I think that I would enjoy working with them on this, and I think they would enjoy working with me on this, and and that's that's often a good you know thing, uh, especially if I'm trying to work with those actors on bigger projects in the future. Uh, I think that was the case with Rusty Spade. A lot of those people that I worked with on that film are probably going to be working with me on um, my World War II film, which was the plan back then, and I think it's still the plan. But to get into the David Lynch approach, that's where this is where he, he this comes from him. How you have to start with the desire for an idea, and then he says, when it comes to you, write it down. And uh, I'll get into why I debate whether that's the right process or not. But David Lynch's approach is he, he has this fishing analogy. And if you know, if you're a person who actually fishes, this might not make sense. Um, but if, you know, if you kind of just suspend your, I don't know, if you just suspend your disbelief or something, just hear it out. It might work if you, if it'll, it'll, it'll make sense if you're a writer. Um, basically, this is how he comes up with feature film ideas and feature films coming up with a feature film is, is a daunting task. You know, you're trying to fill how many pages with, 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 with compelling scenes. It's hard enough to do it for a short film, to do it for a feature film. Like it's 80 scenes. How do you, how do you figure that out? Don't start writing until you got it figured out. And, and this is a, this is an approach basically, uh, when you write the idea, you have an idea for a film or you have an idea come to you, write it down. And when you write it down, reread it, you know, it's like, it's like you've caught a fish. You had the desire, the desire for an idea is like putting a fish on the, or putting a bait on the line, casting it out, catching a fish, reeling it in. And then you, you write it down. That's, you're examining the fish. You're looking at what it looks like. Now this doesn't make any sense. If you're a fisher, probably I explained this to somebody who does fish and they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? It doesn't make any sense. Well, it made sense to me. And it's led to me writing a compelling World War II film or compelling in my, my own, uh, my own, uh, what's the word, uh, by my own standards. Um, and so it's basically like, yeah, you examine that fish and then you put it back on the, the hook and you cast it back out and you catch a bigger fish. The way you, you, you examine that fish and then you put it on the, the, the back on the line is you take, you write on an index card, the idea you had and you reread it, you know, all that, and you put it in a box, you put that index card in a box and you put that box somewhere and you don't look at it. You remember the idea and that's all that matters is your memory of the idea for now. Uh, later on, you'll be able to reread it and you'll have the idea written down. And I'll fill that box with index cards. I'll keep having ideas. When you write down those ideas, put them in the index card on the index card and put it in the box that prepares you to have another idea. 
it, it, it it's literally putting bait on the hook for more ideas. Um, and, and, and here's the thing. These ideas are just, they can just be scenes. They could be an outline or they could be anything. It doesn't matter. They could be characters, anything. Um, but you don't have to understand how they all connect yet. I think as you do put those ideas in, you should start thinking about, or I did start thinking about how do they all connect together? And I tried to, you know, take what were the story structures that I've always learned or what are all the things I've ever learned about story structure? And that's how I started developing my World War II film. And I started thinking, okay, wait, so if this happens, maybe this is happening here. This, you know, I also started with my first idea was an outline, a very short outline. And I was like, dang, this is, this could be a really compelling feature film. If only I could, if I could flesh it out, how do I flesh it out? And this is the way you, you basically, you put baits on hooks. You, you write the ideas down and in the, in the next cards and put it in the box. And when you put it in the box, what you're doing is you're giving yourself permission to forget, but it's still there. You have it. You, you can, you'll be able to reference it in the future. And you're giving yourself distance from those ideas. One of the issues with starting to write a script by starting by writing it instead of outlining or, or developing the ideas is what happens is you get stuck in the mud of, of you get stuck in quicksand. And what this approach does is, or, or what the approach of coming up with an outline before you start writing is, is you're throwing like a, a, a grappling hook, a, like a rope attached to a, with a, a grappling hook attached to the end and you're throwing it across and then you're pulling yourself through the quicksand, okay? Or th across a, a river that's gonna kill you if you don't have any way of getting across or making sure that you get across safely. Um, or I probably prefer quicksand because that's what it usually feels like when you start writing. It just, you, at first you feel like you're getting somewhere, but then you start sinking and every, the more you do, the more you, struggle it feels like it the worse it gets and that's because when you start writing you're creating new problems for yourself you're 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 creating backstory as you write um and and so when you you start by like writing the first scene okay you and you start you start writing things about the characters whether you realize it or not you're 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 filling the you're, you're figuring out the life of the character as you're writing now people feel like they have to write in order to know how in order to enjoy or in order to write a good story and i think i think that's uh i think that's a it's a it's a misconception to think that if you're writing if you start by writing the script that you're getting ahead. Um, unless you give yourself a lot of distance later from it so that you can reapproach it to make it better. But when you you write that, as you're writing, you're 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 figuring out how the character sounds and talks before you have figured out maybe what should the their goals be which what where where what should be the trajectory of this character 
you have the opportunity to figure out the entire storyline of a character before you even write it. Now, when you go to write it based on that storyline, it might not work right for a few drafts. And that's fine. Like I said, it's like a, throwing a grappling hook across with a rope and you're pulling yourself across quicksand. You know, you're not, it's going to be a struggle still, even if you have a rope. But after a few drafts, you have a tether towards the direction you want to go or where you need to go. You have, you have the trajectory of the character's storyline or the character's storylines. If you have multiple characters and they all have different storylines, like I talked about before, having multiple really complicated stories that are interwoven, that's impossible to do if you're just writing by the seat of your pants. It's just impossible. Or you might think you're doing it, but you're not. You really aren't. I mean, unless you're just, unless you're like, you have 20,000 hours of, of writing at least in your belt or on your belt or, you know, you, even then I think it's still, it's still an uphill battle. Even then it's like, you would be even better off if you had that 20,000 hours and you did it, you did the outline. Um, but back to the David Lynch thing, you, you keep filling that, that index card box with index cards and eventually it fills up. Now there might be weeks where you're not filling it and then there might be weeks where you're filling it with a shit ton of cards that feel amazing and then maybe later you look at it and you're like man they're so they suck and then and then you'll you'll fill it with new index cards that kind of some of them replace the scenes that you already wrote or make them better um and then you'll fill it with new ideas like it doesn't matter just fill that box with index cards and that's really liberating because it's like that's easy you can just that just means you got to keep doing it until you feel like it's it's filled up and and you got a full film, and you'll I think you'll you'll know you're a good judge of that. You can be you'll be a good judge of that, a better judge of most than most of what that is when that is or when that point is. Now, it doesn't have to be a box, a physical box, and and actual index cards, because I have chicken scratch writing. I've since since doing my World War II film or developing that, um, and then having the 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 a laborious task of trying to understand my my chicken scratch writing and then you know transfer that to to a word processor or, or you know wherever i write on the computer and also having to manage all the pictures i took of index cards just as backup in case i had a, a like a fire destroy it or something i i instead do it in my notes app and you can do it chronologically in terms of when you have the ideas or if you have an organization method, maybe these are the ideas for these characters or, you know, however you want to organize it. Um, but allow yourself to just put ideas in there. And then you can also, if you're doing it like on like a, a notes app or, or, or word processor or something on the computer, you can then back it up, print it out whenever you need to every so often, just so you have, you know, backups. Um, but I, I enjoy that because I can just fill that document with ideas as they come and just fill it quickly. Um, and I, I personally find myself writing. I, pr I prefer writing on a, like a word processor of some sort or personal. I, I, I really enjoy note, the notes app of like iPads or iPhones or I don't have I don't, I've never had a Mac. Probably enjoy a Mac. I don't know. I've always use PCs anyway. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, that David Lynch approach, that helped me go from having a what I felt like was a great idea, if only I could flesh it out, 
to fleshing out an idea that became something I had no clue how good it would end up being. And I, I, I stand by that. I think like, I, and because from having the idea, I didn't know much about World War II. So I started reading about it and doing research and reading tons of like books about World War II and, and Stephen E. Ambrose books. And they're thick with, with accounts after accounts of, of horrific scenes of World War II. And I allowed that to loosely inspire ideas for the storyline that fit within the outline that I had initially came up with. And, and it worked. It, 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 and it, I think it, it, I've also, and also there's other books about, um, the nature of evil in World War II. Um, and it, I think it's going to create for a film that's very, very dark and very compelling and, and says some things that I've never seen said in a film before. And so hopefully that's true. Uh, I hope that that pans out well. Uh, but there's also a lot of things in that film in general that I've never seen depicted. I've never seen, I've rarely seen her talked about, about World War II, about D-Day. Um, and so, so that's going to be exciting um, for me, I think. For I think for, yeah, it would be exciting in general. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, I think I covered that adequately enough. If I remember anything I left out, I'll try to add it. Um, so, but when it comes to writing ideas or not writing ideas, uh, writing things, writing ideas down can be helpful or harmful. It's like clay. Once you write something down, it solidifies and you can no longer mold it. So basically, what I mean by that is figure out as much as you can in your head until there's things that you know are solid about that component of the uh, that that uh, that component that you're working on of a, a project, and that won't change. Then write them down, um, especially big structural elements. And now, what, what I mean by a component is any time that an idea that you're working on, if it's a small part of an idea, identify ideas or problems that are integrated. Um, let me get in, let me read this next bit because this will explain what I'm talking about. Uh, what idea do you start on for a story? I have a rule for myself. This is true of filmmaking and story development. And if there's a, if there's, if there's a, if I have a, if there's a complex problem I am trying to solve that has a lot of integrated parts, I start on the hardest part. Developing a good story is a complex problem with a lot of integrated problem, uh, integrated parts with a lot of integrated parts. You want to identify the hardest part to accomplish and solve that first. The reason is once you solve a part on an integrated problem, the rest of the parts become harder to solve or have the potential to become harder. If you start on an easier part, the hardest part becomes even harder to solve. So identify the hardest part and solve that first so that it doesn't become harder. This is true of your daily routine too, and true of life. Solve the hard things immediately so that they don't become harder. This is why I like the nutshell technique. It identifies the catch or the dramatic opposition as the hardest part of developing a story or the problem of developing a story. Developing a story is a problem that you have to solve. And I think in terms of this David Lynch process, I wouldn't write down a single thing of the nutshell technique unless you figure out 
a, a storyline completely in your head. All seven or what was it eight check marks? I think it was seven. I'm just going to go with seven for now. All seven check marks of that thing, that system, because they're integrated. I talked about them before. If I if I didn't cut it out for copyright reasons, I don't think it's a big deal. Um, <laughs> knock on wood. Uh, basically, buy her book by by Judith West. No, not Judith West. Fuck. Um, Jill Chamberlain's book. <laughs> it's all integrated. And anytime there's an integrated problem, you need to figure out that problem completely, ideally before you write it down. Now, if you write it down or a part of it, you're making your job harder for yourself because you haven't fully solved it. Because once you write it down, it's like clay, it becomes, it solidifies. Um, and so it's better to identify, okay, this, I need to figure out this storyline for this character. Once I figure that out, then I can write down the entire storyline for that character as a note. Um, and I, that's, and I, it doesn't really fit on an index card, so it's best to just do it on a notes app or something or a word processor, um, word processor. But yeah, it's basically, um, you be, yeah, you feel, you, you want to figure out that full problem first. Now, if you're doing a storyline with multiple characters, storylines who are all integrated together, so you have not only, which is my plan to start doing, and I have started doing it, and I've been figuring out how to do it. Um, you have the integrated problem of a single character story that you're, and, and then you have that multiply, you have another character's integrated story, and those are both integrated together. So, you know, and, and if you have four of those characters with those four integrated stories in and of themselves, you then have to integrate together, figure out all four together before you write any of it down. Just do that because once you start writing any component down, the rest of that, that becomes solid and then you can't change it as well. You can't change it as, as easily. And that's what I mean when I say start on the hardest problem first and don't like, like, and, and don't solve the, uh, or, or was it, you know, don't work, do don't do the easy thing first or it'll make everything else harder. And that's that, that makes everything else harder. And it's also true of, and even if you're doing it in your head, you need to start on the problem that's hardest of those things, and that's the character's catch. I would start with one character, their catch, and if you can, if if it helps to develop that full character, then through that character, how see how their catch relates to the other integrated ca characters, or or their what how that dramatic opposition for this one character integrates into the other characters, or whatever part you feel is the way these characters integrate into each other um that's or and also the theme of the story maybe you're thinking about okay how why would i even like if if it's not just enough for these characters to relate in terms of their dramatic opposition it also needs to have some lofty idea that connects them all um th these are things that you want to figure out in your brain um through the course of weeks through through naps or something and the reason is when you when you have ideas in your head through naps and you don't write them down you're allowing yourself to forget now in many cases that's a bad thing or that seems like a bad thing to most people right you're forgetting ideas that's not good well in terms of coming up with a story idea that's memorable 
if you allow yourself to forget, you're going to forget the, the, the boring, dumb details that don't matter. If you are able to develop a story that's really complicated, that has four characters or more characters, and they're all integrated together, and, and it, you know, if you're able to come up with something, it was because you were able to remember it all, and it was all memorable, and if it was all memorable to you when you were, came up with it, chances are it's going to be the same for others, and they're gonna, that's something that they're going to remember and enjoy. And so sometimes writing things down isn't the best thing you can do. Sometimes allowing yourself to forget or giving yourself distance from the idea is what enables you to have something that is exceptional or is something that people won't forget, that people will remember and, and enjoy. Um, and so I think, let me see what else. Um, Also, uh, also, if I, if I, like I said, if I remember anything I'm forgetting, I'll come back to this. But pitch the idea for feedback. Um, if it's a good idea, you and others will like it and, and probably not forget it. Um, and maybe not everyone will like it, and that's fine. Um, just checking that everything's recording. I'm sorry. I'm such a broken record about that. So uh, I mentioned how to expand ideas. Uh, index cards in the box method. Um, but I, I write, I mentioned how if you're coming up with an integrated problem, do the entire integrated problem in your head. And, 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 and then also I'll go even a step further. When you're coming up with a story, choose, choose how to divide the integration of characters you know you can have a bunch of characters you know that are connected in some way but it can be a it can be a way that is that it isn't so intertwined if that makes sense or there can be a way to develop it where you can start with developing three characters that are integrated and you might have 10 other characters you got to integrate. But if there's a there's got to be a way where if you can create enough, enough of a solid foundation with the first three, and this is something that I'm actually doing with a, a, a feature film writing next um, after the World War II one. If you can create a solid enough foundation that is a great enough architecture to fit more characters, uh, those... It's it's and 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 they can kind of fit loosely inside. It's a way of releasing yourself of the burden of having to connect to integrate thirteen characters at once into one story. Um, meaning, if you can, and it's it doesn't make much sense. It's you're basically coming up with this is this character's dramatic struggle. And this is how they these other characters integrate into it. They, as long as you know how, where, from point A to point like Z or something, or point yeah like point A to point Z, of how this major um, framework or set of characters integrates the other characters, you can start with just them, and then you can also break up 
the 10 characters, extra characters you have as like, I want two of them to be integrated with each other on average. And so like th these two characters, they are integrated. Their storylines are more integrated to each other than the others. But once you and then once you do this for all the sets of characters, it makes your life easier. So you're only focusing on a few integrated problems together at once. And then you're writing them down, the sets of them down as you go. You know, I started with uh, three characters that were integrated and then I did and that took me a few weeks. Um, and then I did two characters that fit within the framework of those other three. And then I, you know, I continue to do sets of them like that. And I'm I'm halfway through or more than halfway through in it. But uh, I, I've succeeded at something similar to this. So I, I have confidence that I'll be able to get through it. Um, but then from once I have all these characters outlines figured out, I'm going to reread it. And then I'm going to identify based on their storylines, how do they all interact with each other on a kind of a, a micro basis? Meaning like, what are certain scenes I can create between them where they naturally further each other's storylines and that's a that's a very low level i'd say way of of or kind of a scene level way of integrating a lot of characters it's not as big as integrating them by their dramatic struggle but it, it, it loosely does integrate it by their dramatic struggle and i'll identify how it does and then figure out my plan is to figure out then how how it, they you know influence each other's storylines based on each other based on their motives like how does this character based on their motives influence this other character but i'm not thinking about that yet i'm just i'm i'm I loosely i'm thinking about it but i'm right now focused on i want them to have a relatable story that's all that matters right now i want this character to have a relatable story and then i'll start to map out okay these characters that this character has this you know s story and this character has this story these the, the, these are their motives this character can say this to further that character's thing and then they can do this too and that so i could come up with three things that this character does to influence that and this character does three things that influences the other character and it and it makes sense for their stories and i can do that for all 13. that's the plan um it's I, it's really it, it it's one of those things that if i can pull it off it'll be really fucking cool and I really want to try it. <laughs> so, and that's really what it is. That's really what this comes down to. So, um, yeah. Uh, how to expand ideas, the index, index cards and the box method. Um, and also I write sketches from memory. I write them completely in naps now. Like I, like I'm, and I do the, I, now I'm trying to do four characters at once, like I mentioned, but like they're all integrated, but I don't write when I write a sketch, it's it's secondary writing. I'm not sitting down at a typewriter or like at my computer or something writing, and I'm not doing drafts. Um, I might reread it and and reword some things um, sometimes for sketches, but if it's a drastic change that's needed, I I shelf it, and I until I can have enough distance to come back to it later, and during naps and figure it out. And it might take months to do that. So I have to nail it the first time or it's going to be sitting there for a while. Um, the reason I do it this way is because my real writing time is spent for feature films. And I prefer that because the way I, I feel much better and much, I, I feel like I'm much more effective at everything else if I'm focused on those bigger projects and during those, during those really critical 
periods of creative work, those deep work periods. And then that fuels um, inspiration for my, my sketches during my naps. And it gives me something to do when I'm napping. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like when I'm, you know, having power naps, like I'll think about, okay, this, you know, this is what I, I want to create this. I, this is a funny comedy. This is a funny uh, concept. Uh, like, uh, say a cop who it started, the non-committal cop thing started as, okay, what it wouldn't be funny if I, I just thought about how like in Clint Eastwood movies, when he throws away his badge, pardon me thought, you know, when I was a kid watching, when I, if I saw that, I was like, is he going to go get that? <laughs> and that's that. I was like, what if there was a scene where a, in a film or a sketch where like a, a, a cop did that? He threw his badge away and then immediately went for it, like to go get it, to retrieve it. And that's where the non-committal cop thing came up. The the catch is he needs to get the badge back so he can retire. So we're cutting between him and his sergeant. And so that that's where the sergeant came from. And the sergeant's like, you need to get that so that you can retire. And and so he then goes do that. But the catch is or the or that or that's that's the catch. He has to get that. But and as a result of the catch, that leads to and this is integrated into the catch. It's that leads to him meeting the fisherman. And the fisherman finds the badge and then uses the badge to arrest, to have him arrested himself because it's his badge. Um, and it's his, uh, you know, but, um, but he's non-committal. So he goes, like he does that and that's his flaw. He's non-committal and his strength that he tries to move towards. And we, we, we hint that he's going to move towards it is committal, you know, a, a committed cop, meaning he, he commits to his line of action. And, uh, I loosely, you know, made it so that like, like I, I, not everybody knows what it means to be non-committal. I don't always, and so I had to think of some things like, like, oh, like, like, what, what does a non-committal mean? Okay, so, uh, this, you know, when when he comes to the into the guy's car with, and he's got donuts, you know, that distracts him. Okay, he's like, 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 he's like, really, like, or, and then also, um, when he's you know, like he's just not committed to the the line of action that will lead to success. And so I guess that's a better definition of what his flaw is. And then we hint that he's committed at the end when he wants to not retire because he feels pride that he just put this guy away finally. And uh, he stuck to his guns and, and it taught him how to do that. Dealing with the, the, you know, having to find the badge, meaning he had to confront the fisherman and get it back and then deal with all the trouble that he went through. Now he doesn't want to retire. And so he goes from being non-committal to committal. Or we think. And then at the end, he's looking at, you know, like the, the sergeant's like pissed off about this. And we find out why he's pissed off because this happens every fucking week. He's opens up a page and he crosses off a 30th something tally or 40th something tally of of all the times McAvoy has retired. And that's the punchline is that he didn't actually grow. We think he did, but he didn't. He's going to be back next week wanting to retire. And so that's that's actually just one story of using that system, that nutshell technique once. Um, I plan to do more sketches with four of it, but that really just depends how the quality comes out. But I, I'm gonna, I'm, I, think it, I think I can make it work, and um, I think I have been able to make it work well. Um, so... 
Yeah, so expanding ideas, next cards, and method box, how I write sketches from memory. Um, and I, I've, I've learned that writing sketches through multiple days and multiple weeks through memory, it allows me to forget enough that I'm less likely to have bad ideas, it seems. Or at least it has been, because a lot of times I've had, I've written entire sketches over the course of a day, and then, and I really forced it to get it done so that I could feel the pride of, oh, I got a sketch done. I pitch it to somebody, I send it to my friend David or somebody, and, and they, they're like, eh, it's not that good, Tom. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. He's right. They're, they're, they're right. And, and, you know, you, you can get lost in what you're writing that day. And it, but if it, if you allow yourself to forget and then to come back another day, you're going to find out whether it's a good sketch or not. If you still like it the next day, if you don't like it, then if, if you're afraid to allow yourself to work on a sketch for more than one day through memory and allow yourself the possibility of forgetting it, you know, it's probably not a good enough idea and you're just, you're lying to yourself. And this is one of those things why you want, you might not want to write ideas down. You might not want to, you know, solidify the ideas in on paper or on like a word processor or notes app or something because it might not be any good. Now, there are times where you want to write things down because they're important details that, you know, if you don't write them down, you're not going to remember them and they're important. Like you, they're specific things. They may be something you've read about, um, that you or that you had the research and you couldn't remember during your writing those are things to write down um now and, and if it's and if it's something it's an, a very complex integrated problem and you feel like you've worked out all the the main parts of that integrated problem and it's ready to be written down and it's not going to negatively influence anything else in the the story or the project you're working on if you write it down that's when you write it down um especially if like it's a facet, set of integrated characters that work within a framework of other characters. Um, and there's not, you know, there, there aren't really any other characters that are dependent on them, you know, to work unless you've, unless you've properly worked them out to be a framework that is easy to work within. Um, and I mean, that's, this is, this is like really like the most complicated things I can think of right now. So if, if you're lost at any point in this, I apologize and let me know. Um, hopefully I can, you know, make it seem to make more sense in the future, like in future uh, episodes. But um, this is probably the best I can do to explain it. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, identify the, you know, the hardest part of a problem or identify, you know, or solve the entire integrated problem in your head. And the reason why is it's like, your brain is such a powerful device for problem solving. Use it. It's been, you know, it's it's taken thousands of years for it to get to where it is now um, in terms of like evolution. And so you have to, you know, take advantage of that. You know, that's a powerful device. It's, you know, there are times to write things down, but there are times to just use the raw fucking force of that human brain you have to work out all the integrated problems together before you write it down. And uh, you'll learn as you go when you've fully worked out an inter integrated problem because if you feel like you've written it down and now you're stuck in a way that like you can't, you, 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 you know, it, or the idea that you wrote down doesn't really, it's not really that good, you didn't fully work it out. Um, if it feels good, when you write it down or if it feels good before you write it down 
then it's re you're ready to write it down. You, you'll you'll know. I think. Um, trust your gut. Trust your instincts. Uh, so, expanding on ideas. How next card? I talked about that. Uh, examining, then forgetting enough so that it's in your memory loosely, so you can continue developing. That's important to have distance. I, I mean, I mentioned before writing a script, just going and writing it. I spent I spent a year and a half developing something, and I didn't really. I didn't make enough short projects to know how to best utilize that development process. And eventually I was like, you know what? I just need to go and write this thing. I don't know what it's going to look like. And I, I ended up writing it and for like eight months and it sucked. It was terrible. And I, I thought, Jesus, why did I do that? Like, why did I spend all that damn time on that thing? And it ended up being shit. On the flip side, years later, after I've made a bunch of films well, smaller projects well, and now I'm working on bigger feature film projects I plan to do, and it's been succeeding. At, I've, I've, after the World War II film, I've learned how to outline something. I learned how to finish an outline, which was so critical. The, in, in, in a finish an outline where I was writing things down, having ideas, writing things down, and having enough distance to keep going with that. And keep triggering ideas to to keep you know coming. You know it's you know it sucks when you write you have a story you want to do a feature film but you you know the ideas stop coming to you because the idea sucks the idea does it's not it's no good. And so, but this bigger project that I had written a four hundred page manuscript on it was originally going to be a book or some shit and and uh, so that I could then fund the f film with it I'm like I'm I'm glad that never happened because it would have been garbage. Um, because I sucked as a filmmaker then, you know, I've gotten better. Um, so, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, I've got, I've gotten pretty good, uh, <laughs> much better than what I was then. Um, but I'm glad that that never panned out because then, uh, and, and I'm glad I wrote it and waste and quote unquote wasted my time and wrote it because now I, re I reapproached it recently a little while ago, uh, really not a little while ago, like uh, last year sometime. Yeah, <laughs> so it wasn't recent. But I, I was like, I can't use any of this. This is worse than I, this is as bad as I thought it was. This is worse than I thought it was. You know, you'd think that if you reapproach your writing, it's, you know, you're going to realize, oh, this is pretty good. No, it was terrible. It was really useless to me. Um, partially because I wrote, the 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 third the third act first and then went for, back to the middle of act two so basically like i did the the fourth quarter so like start to finish the third quarter start to finish second quarter start to finish and the first quarter start to finish the reason i did it that way was because i knew where i wanted to go and i wanted to kind of create the the hard like I wanted to create like this is where I need to be and I, I felt and I knew that where I wanted the story to go by act um the start of act middle like the end of act two and, and start of act three and I I wanted to start there because if I started there I knew I had to get there somehow and I think it was probably a good move that I did that because years later now I, I you know well I ended up doing it but it sucked all of it sucked but it, it did it's somewhat connected, but it wasn't as connected as the outline. It, it, it was it was more connected than the outline was that I was working on. I didn't know how to connect the outline until I wrote that whole thing. And it was it's somewhat connected. And then over the years, 
as I thought about it or pitched it to some people, told some people about it, the, the thing started connecting more. And then, then eventually with all these tools I've then I've now talked about and things that I've learned since, um, and learned from making films and actually doing them well on a smaller basis or a smaller scale. It's enabled me to learn how to do them well on a bigger scale. And I'm realizing, okay, wait, I can, you know, cause all this, all just like how workout and meditation magnifies to the rest of your day, working on a small project and doing it well will magnify to your feature films or your, your series or something. So you want to focus on the smaller projects because that's going to be reflective of the, that's exactly reflective of the quality of your bigger projects. If you think that you're going to write some or do some really stupid short film, and this is what I used to think. I used to, th I used to do really stupid short films and I really in high school and I, I thought, Oh, if, if I, I'll just do a feature film, it'd be great. No, you won't. You, you won't. It, whatever you're doing now on a smaller basis, it's going to be that or worse on the bigger scale, I think. So just because it's longer doesn't mean it's going to be more compelling of a story. Um, basically, you know, but but having wrote that 400 page manuscript, it it enabled me to have enough distance, but also it it. it, it I'll, I'll put it this way. The, I spent nine months this year from the beginning of the year till September, um, outlining the 12 part or 12 chapter film or epic film or, or series that I always wanted that 400 page manuscript to be. But the thing was, I didn't use any of the things I wrote. I used what I thought I was writing, the memory of what I thought I was writing to come up with that outline. And it, I came up with that outline very loosely. And that's now, of course, that that what I thought I was writing back then was the limitations that I was working within. And I was loose. I was working very loosely within them, but I had but I still it still gave me really hard limitations to work within. And that's what you need to have ideas spring forth is limitations. And limitations are tools, like I mentioned. And that having written that outline did give me ideas. Now, I've heard, you know, Tarantino mention that a once upon a time was something that he would work every on every so often between projects for like a decade or decades. Inception by 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 Nolan was was something he worked on for 10 years or so. He just worked on it, you know, between projects or like every so often just kind of kept developing it and making it more and more complex. When you allow yourself distance from an idea or a film or a script, often that's when you are able to have more ideas for it. But if you want to have the best or most effective or most hard hitting complete ideas earliest of all work on all of the integrated problems in your head before you write any of them down and have a strategy about what what integrated problems are going to come up you know don't start writing the the script or the first draft until you until you you know you fill that metaphorical box with index cards 
or the word processor with 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 paragraphs and and notes and and just but still maintaining that distance from the idea because when you write those notes down you you're able to you're able to you're able to still have distance from them enough that you can actually come up with better versions of what you wrote down you can't you can't really do that in a big way with with writing unless unless it's you know how you're writing the scene which is what you want to be reserving for writing um how you're writing the dialogue that you can change big big story elements it's harder it's really hard to change those in a in a very productive way that is going to lead to a great film in my opinion on the ground level when you're writing so i i encourage you write an outline first now um let's see uh how the index card blah, 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 examine if we're getting enough so you, your memory it's in your memory loosely so you can continue developing um now do i write backstory for my characters uh, to reference something aaron sorkin talked about um and i know i keep mentioning him a lot um he had this excuse me he had this peanut butter analogy where if you write in the outline that this or this backstory excuse me if you write a backstory for a character and you just happen to write oh they like peanut butter you know, then you're, you do, do you feel compelled that you have to make sure you get that written into the script? It's not important. Fuck it. Who cares? And you know what? Does that really, the reason you're doing that is when you do a backstory, it's just, it's just like writing the script before you're ready to write the script. You're just doing it because you can't, you can't creatively come up with compelling limitations so you decide to force have the limitations forced on you by going in and writing the first draft or by or by you know haphazardly or by you know having writing backstories for the characters you're just forcing limitations on you that aren't as compelling as what they could be um and so you know yeah all right it's a limitation to say this character likes peanut butter is that a compelling limitation is it going to make for a more entertaining film or story or character? Uh, unless you like peanut butter, like more than the average person, uh, probably not. Um, or that or unless the audience member does like it more than my average person. Even then, it probably won't. Honestly, if I if I like the, you know, I, I don't know. I, I like filmmaking, but I'm not a, you know, I think I prefer a film not about filmmaking over a film about filmmaking generally because i don't know i i i live it you know or even people who you know or i mean, I, I enjoy it at times but i i kind of a rule for myself i don't want to make a film about filmmaking because i feel like a snake eating its own tail you know i think i think it's enough to do like a podcast about filmmaking and whatnot and or maybe i will make a film about filmmaking you know who knows uh but um yeah uh Backstory, I don't, I don't really believe in it. I think it's just a, a limitation you're forcing on yourself that isn't as compelling as what, you know, other limitations you could come up with are. Uh, and like I said, limitations are, you choose the right limitations that are going to mo make the most compelling work. Don't let them be choosed for you. Um, but if you do the backstory, if you write some, if you write a bunch of shit, you know, it might, it might lead to uh, give it some time, a few years. You might have a compelling story later. You might or might not. Um, you know, that's been the case sometimes. 
But I mean, I think you're, if you're listening to this, don't you want to like figure out how, are, are you, you should be impatient. You should have a bit of impatience to say, I, I, you know what, I don't want to write something garbage now. And then in a few years, it to be something a little bit better than garbage. You know, I want to write something good now. And that's that's what I'm trying to delineate. And that's what I'm trying to figure out for myself and and also pass on into this podcast if if I can. I think I am. Um, I'm pretty sure I am. Uh, so figure out the outline as completely as you can before the first draft. Sketches, I know every line of it. When I'm outlining sketch and, and during my naps, I'm figuring out the exact wording of every line. Now, it's easier for sketches because it's a four-minute something sketch usually. And uh, last one I did was like six minutes. Um, but, you know, if it's four, if it, usually it's four minutes and, and especially if it's like four characters, like simultaneous stories going on, you know, that can, you know, it's easier to work that out. Um, and that's, that's one integrated problem, but it's, you know, it's a smaller project. It's easier. It's, you can, you can pull it off. Um, but like, I like to have at least a, a loose outline or a compelling outline for a feature film before I start writing. And I do that, like, like that David Lynch thing where I fill something with index card, like box with index cards or the metaphorical box with index cards. If it's like you're typing it up and then you can, you know, copy and paste things around and, and rearrange it and then into chronological order, um, figure out that outline because that outline becomes like I said before, the grappling hook on the rope that you throw across over the quicksand and you drag yourself across so that you're not running through quicksand and then being sucked into it because that's what a first draft is. A first, like like we're right, or there's not just a first draft, but every draft of it is, is quicksand. Now you might, and a lot of writers do it that way. I'm not going to lie. A lot of writers write the first draft without an outline or maybe just one idea and go through it and they bullhead their way through it some writers like uh what was it um like uh i know warner herzog does over the course of a few weeks um the first draft and then he doesn't rewrite it i'm not a big believer of that i think you have to rewrite to make it better um but that's how he does it um and that's it's perfectly fine um there might be some truth to why he does it and, it, and it, his why he does it is he feels like it's more visceral or it's more immediate, you know. Um, maybe. Um, generally, though, I feel it just I feel like it, it can be it can be easily boring um, for me. But I love his. I mean, I love his films. So, uh, but I I know if I do it his way, it's going to be boring, at least. Um, and for me to make something compelling, I feel like I have to do a lot of drafts. And, I, you know, it's, it's reps that you're putting in. Um, some writers, uh, I think, uh, was it Aaron? Was it something? Aronofsky, um, the guy who did Black Swan and um, Pi or something or, or, or Requiem for a Dream as well. I think that was the guy. Uh, he, he writes in 48 hours the entire first draft. And it is, I think he's said it's usually garbage, too. Um the first draft, it's going to be crap. Um, nobody's going to read it or nobody should read it or it's up to you. But uh, like, like I like the philosophy of it's called the shitty first draft for a reason. It's not to be read by anybody but yourself. And then 
you're just doing it to get ideas on the page. You write all the way through the story, even if it's just an outline version of that story. Um, but some writers, like I said, will write the full script over like a period of time and, and they'll, they'll just, they'll, they'll develop as much as they can before they go to do it. I think that I think they'll just kind of like, they'll do some kind of preparation to psych them into it, to give them the ideas. Now, I think, I think what I've talked about are things that are, I find much more controlled methods of, of coming up with those ideas. Like the David Lynch approach, I think that works best. Um, that as far as I found for me, um, but when I go to write the first draft, I probably, I actually, my, the outline I've developed over the course of months is going to be much more detailed than that first draft, likely, because I'm going to only spend an hour on that first draft personally, and that first draft isn't, it's not, it's not really a first draft. Like my World War II film, I did a first draft. It wasn't. Then again, I guess that was different. Um, that disregard that, uh, actually, well, no, I, I did, no, I wrote, um, I think I wrote through the entire story from memory and then I went and reworked, rewrote, reread and reworded the whole, like all the index cards and shit. So, uh, but I, I believe in doing like an outline over an hour, just from memory, you're not going from your notes what you're doing then is you're allowing yourself to feel your way through the story based on everything you've developed from your memory. And it's interesting what you remember, what you don't. Um, so I think it's important to do that, that first draft outline. Um, and, and then we get to the second draft, uh, after a first draft, allow yourself to sleep on it. Uh, and, and then give your, or, or, or sleep on at least once, give your night, uh, night sleep. So you come back to it fresh and with a sober mind and then basically, uh, reread all of what you wrote previous session. And also, you know, eventually probably have to do the outline as well. Um, but you basically, uh, and also before you read the first draft, you might want to reread the outline just so you can remember what you wrote. And then that'll help you in the first draft writing it. Um, but then, then you, the, so basically the, the second draft, you, you reread everything you wrote. That's important. Start with that. Don't write anything or rewrite anything until you reread entire in the entirety of what you wrote the previous session, whenever you're doing a rewrite. Um, I find that if I, if I start writing something before I reread the entire thing completely from the previous session, it doesn't have to be everything I've written on anything. It just, the, the previous sessions work. I have to reread that so that I can get myself up to speed because until you reread that with a sober mind, um, you don't really know. Also the very beginning of your writing session is, is the point of most clarity. Um, or a deep work session or writing session. And in the beginning of that session, I'll do what I call uh, like an open-ended question. I'll say, what now? And then I'll say this, well, I'm working on this project. This is where we left off, blah, blah, blah. And it might be the same each time if it's like a writing, rewriting session. Um, and then it allows me to kind of come back to that later when I'm not in as such a clarity of mind because I've spent 
20, 30 minutes already writing and I'm kind of in the thick of it, but I'm like, wait, where, or I'm on some kind of project and I'm like, wait, where, where was I? Go back to that first thing I wrote and I'm like, oh, this is what I was doing, you know? But generally, if you write that down in the beginning, you don't really need to go back to it. But it helps you kind of frame things as, you know, in terms, you know, start by framing things, your sessions in terms of a question. Say, okay, when you start the session, this is what I'm doing, you know, or, or what am I doing? And then you ask yourself that question, you know what you're doing. But if you start the session, if you start working on something, you'll forget if you don't write it down, if you don't ask yourself what you're doing and then write the answer to that question is, or write, if you don't write the question, what, if I don't write the question of what now, I risk forgetting or losing track of where I should be going. Um, and sometimes you might surprise yourself at the beginning of the session, you might write something extra that you didn't expect about what you're doing right now. And you're like, yeah, that's right. I gotta be doing that. And then you, you kind of, you, you force yourself to think in terms of strategically where, what you should be doing. And that's, that's another, uh, I mentioned it earlier that if you're feeling lost or you're feeling like not, if you're feeling like, uh, this, you know, I'm not feeling up to this right now. That's because you're, you're focused on a step that's further down the process than what you should be focused on right now. And asking, starting the session, any deep work session or any, you know, even your day writing down, all right, what now, what should I be doing right now? This blah, 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 blah. Brain vomit the ideas that you should be doing. And if it's, and, and if you're writing, you know, you'll write that down very briefly and then you'll get into the writing. Um, but then you reread what you wrote the previous session, uh, come up with ideas as you're rereading it on how to improve as you, uh, how to improve it as you reread. And then, and then after you do that, you have to reread the entirety of the previous session, start to rework it, um, start to perfect and figure it out as you revise, revise, revise. It might, it's, you know, it be, it's okay to take five, 15 drafts to get something where you want it to be or more or less. It's, it's up to you. It's really, you got to trust your gut and you have to have a, you have to have a standard for what, what quality you want your writing to be at. Okay. Um, and so, uh, figure out how also what I'll do is I'll start from the first scene when I'm rewriting something and then I'll go to the first draft or the, or the second draft. I'm, I'm rewriting it and I get to this point. The next day I'm going to come back, reread what I wrote then. I re re the previous session I already reread the entire outline, but I'm rereading now what that section is. And it's already expanded a bit from the outline a little bit. Um, and I see, okay. This is what I'm doing. And then it's, I'm, I might only get halfway through that the next, the third, the third session. And then the fourth session, I might get a little further, you know, then I'll just keep doing that from the start of the script until a scene is, is feels solid. And you'll know it's solid when you go reread that on a writing session because you're rereading your previous day's work. And there's nothing you have to change. You just don't have any ideas on how to change this. From there, you put a, a like a piece of like a the the date of when you're starting, let like started here, blah, blah blah. Put that under that scene, and then the next day when you come back, you reread starting there down, and you don't 
you don't really reapproach that scene until way later when you go to relook at the entire script you're writing. And uh, that's usually how I go about it. Um, and I do it chronologically because I, what I'm doing is I'm learning how the characters are written from the start. And I'm learning how to write things as I go. And as I rewrite things and rewrite things and rewrite things, I know what the outline is. I know my trajectory. And I'm thinking about, okay, how am I going to get there? How am I going to write this character so that they will get to that point? They'll hit that mark, you know? How do I, how do I make this lead where it's going? That's why you do an outline. That's why you do, that's why you spend months on an outline. That's why you spend, that's why you write the first draft as like all the way through the story as a brief outline. Again, just to kind of feel your way through it. What you're doing is you're, you're, you threw that, that grappling hook with the rope across the, the, uh, the, 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 what is it? The quicksand and you're, you're dragging yourself across and it's going to take a while. But if you have a solid enough outline and a solid enough story that you're working with, you can get yourself across um, amply and, and, and you can have confidence that you get yourself across. I recommend doing this on a shorter project first, though, just so you can build that confidence. Work on a few short, five short films with this process and you will feel much more confident about your abilities to do it, use it and figure out how to use it in a way that works for you better. Than what works for me um or than what, what necessarily works for me um and so yeah i'll just kind of keep going scene by scene until each scene is perfected and and kind of working through it um from the beginning all the way through and then um basically let's see uh, what am i where am i leaving off uh you you also learn how a character is written by doing that how how they speak uh, you don't have to know immediately. Um, and so it's better to start from the beginning and work your way down, like work your way through it than to start on the end scene and then like work, then start from the beginning and work your way to the end because whatever you wrote in the end, it's going to be really, it's not going to match up with, with where, where you get when you spend months rewriting from the beginning onward. You've, you've, when you do that chronologically, you create the, the, language of how it's written you create the language of you, you you create the characters you're actually creating backstory when you're writing scenes and then when you go and reread it later and come back to it you're figuring out after like and when you when you go and read back look at it again later when you reread it and you're reworking it you're like oh that that doesn't work you know you added a backstory element in that's not going to work and you 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 test it out and then you go back in a rewrite and you're like, nah, it doesn't work. Or this does work. You know, you might come up with some really bold ideas and decide, yeah, I like that. That's going to work well. We're going to keep that. But, it, you know, if you started out coming up with those ideas in the backstory section of coming up with a script, it's it's not going to be like remotely as good as as what it could be as if you if it came naturally through the course of writing. You know, you're not even going to know how to fit it in in a way that feels natural. And that's that's a lot of times what um, what's really the hardest is how do you 
how do you come up with a an outline that you know is going to be natural for writing that you know that you can naturally write where where everything is going to come up naturally and it goes back to what i said before write and direct five short films um as well as you can within your own means as soon as possible because like the pottery example i had if you're you know if you're if you're learning through using the process i'm delineating in this podcast how to write something and you're learning you're going to learn okay these outline ideas they translate to a good script these don't that's key figuring out what ideas for a story that you have before you wrote it lead to great writing they only happen when you've you know basically made a film with those ideas when you've you had the ideas written them down and then gone and made the film when you make films you know whether they work or not especially when you see how the audience reacts and uh also like if you and and then when you go to do another film you remember what worked all the way to the beginning of the inception of that idea you remember the audience reacted this way because of this thing that was written this way but this thing was written this way because um i went through all these different drafts but it started out as this idea um in the first draft that came from this idea in the outline um that kind of morphed through memory or or then i i brought it back closer to what it was or altered it you know but this is what it started as in the beginning it started as this idea and you can trace it all the way back to your outline when you when you when you like go back to the 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 index cards you wrote or the or the the thing the outline you came up with before you wrote it or you'll just remember it um and you know okay instinctively you'll figure out okay that leads to a good film or a good moment in a film and that informs how you come up with better ideas for future projects so that's why you should do five short films to get that full like that full lesson of how all the different parts integrate together that's that's how you know how seeing how a an idea comes from a seed to a finished story moment that was you know labored on for a while that's exciting that's so exciting and seeing how it affects people and then you know saying okay i like that but i know how to do it better and i'm going to try this next and 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 you might not or you might not even be consciously thinking about how to do it better but on the like unconsciously your brain's going to come up with ideas that are better than that and ideally and so make a lot of small projects so that you can learn this um and so and that's what happened for me for feeding the fire because that's what led to the, the world war ii film um we're working on it and then the world war ii film led to this uh reworking of that big 400 page manuscript i wrote years ago because i figured out how to solve problems that i was facing years ago that i couldn't crack but because i did small projects that led to bigger project that led to that big project again I was able to I was able to kind of connect the dots and figure out all the problems that plagued me before that I could never get over. 
And now I'm able to take the idea I always wanted to make and turn it into this big project. But if I didn't do that, I'd be spent, I'd spend years working on a, the quote unquote great American screenplay as a fr my friend put it. And just to find out that it was garbage and it should have never been made. And he, th that would have been right. It should have never been made that way because it was garbage. And you have to go the route of, of experiencing these failures and seeing what works and what doesn't, because you might have this great idea for a moment or some element of a story. And then when you go into the writing process or getting feedback from people and feedback is all, all over the place in terms of the process of creating a story, you'll realize, Oh shit. Uh, that doesn't work. I thought it did. But it doesn't translate. I don't know how to translate that. That doesn't, it's too abstract. So a lot of, a lot of, a lot of ideas what, that I had back on my big project, 400 page manuscript project, it, they were too abstract. It just didn't make any sense. Or they, I, I was on ADHD medicine at the time. Like I, I just, and so I was interested in things that just didn't make any sense to anybody. And also I was just, I was just losing my damn mind working on that thing. I just was done with it right when I got started. And and you need a good solid outline is something that can help you get through that. Um, and a good process. A lot of the th this is figuring out a process that works when you do these smaller projects. So, and I'm sorry, I, I'm, I keep reiterating that. I'm going to move on with um, back on the second draft. Uh, so perfect it and figure out as go as re and revise, revise, revise. Learn how characters written. Figure out how you'll write the rest of it as you rework from the beginning. Uh, when you stop seeing ways to improve it, put a note and start reworking after the note. Wait till it's solid. So you're solidifying scenes as you go from the beginning. Don't start later in um, unless you want to cause a train wreck. And you will. I did. And you'll have to wait years until it's you've created enough distance from that project until you can possibly you know reapproach it. Or not. You probably, you might not. There's projects that I've spent eight months on that I can, I've not had any clue what the fuck to do with it. I don't want that to happen to anybody. Um, but it, it probably will. If you, I mean, if you, unless you come with, unless you come at this with a strategy. Um, so get feedback on rewrites or when the rewrite feels solid to you. Um, for these more important you know, serious projects, these feature film projects or the, or uh, something where I'm spending 15 drafts, you know, or some, or uh, less or more trying to solidify the scenes, five, five to 15 drafts, solidifying each scene. You want to allow for, um, you, you want to, you want to basically allow, um, you, you want you want to get it to a point where you feel confident to show it to someone feel where you feel like you don't see anything else to improve on it and you just need somebody else's opinion um, because sometimes when you show something to somebody especially if it's like editing too I find you will uh you'll you you'll solidify something before it needs to be solidified because you'll get you'll they'll be like oh it's good but you could have done something more with it or you might have made it worse if you didn't get feedback earlier on. So I don't know. You got, you trust your gut on that. Um, but I think generally I, I prefer just going through as much as I can, doing everything I want to do with it before I show it to anyone. Um, and then, let's see. 
also, if I haven't mentioned this, um, I do about three writing sessions a day. Each of them are one hour and they're separated by four power naps each. Um, I don't forget if I mentioned that or not, but that allows me, I think, actually, I think I did. Um, but it, uh, it allows me to kind of, and I can, whether I'm working on a two different projects or more than one project, uh, it allows me to kind of take inspiration from different projects and use that to fuel the other project and vice versa. Also, working on just one project i feel like might get you might get more done faster in terms of like not if you do two writing one hour writing sessions on one project it'll get done twice as fast i think if you do two you might get it done three times as fast or four times as fast there's something about doing the same project and just focusing on one that just allows you to sometimes to to just rocket through it um, and have more ideas later in the day as you go through it um, but it's something to experiment with um, if you get the chance uh, write the way that feels most natural even without formatting just format later uh, basically reserve the most brain capacity for story and dialogue as possible so what i mean by that is when i write um i don't write in, in final draft i don't write in script format i will I'll write entirely within like Google Docs or Microsoft Word with like little to no formatting. Like I might change the font or the, you know, the or the uh the font size. That's generally it. Um and then what I'll do is I'll write the actions. I'll say cut to or fade in, cut to and then this and then not even do a scene heading. I'll just write like blah, 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 and blah, 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 or in the kitchen, or blah, 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 you know, and then this person does this. And then for the lines, I'll do quotes, the line, unquote, and possibly who said the line. Sometimes I won't even say who said the line. Um, because if you don't write down who said the line, it forces you to have to remember who said it. And, and, and if you don't remember who said it, does it matter who said it? Um, you know, you the dead giveaway for who said a line is what is the person's motive in the scene? What is their objective in the scene? And if it's not clear what their objective is, or if it's not clear what the objective or what the what you know what the tactics of the character are, or what or what the tactics being used or the objective being approached using that line, what 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 objective does that line work towards? If it's not clear, then it's no big deal, honestly. Like, like it's honestly, if you've done a shit ton of work on a project, you'll remember ninety nine percent of who said what, or ninety nine point nine five percent of who said what. Occasionally, there's one or two lines every thirty something pages for me that I'm like, ah, oh, shit, who said that? Eh, it doesn't matter because it's like if it wasn't clear. Um, then, and sometimes I'll write who said something if I feel like I, it's important and I, you know, I will, but the, the important thing is I just, I want to write without formatting. I want to write through it, just the actions and, and the dialogue and occasionally who said what dialogue. 
And all I'm doing for formatting is clicking the enter or return button and 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 then adding quotes around dialogue. Uh, that's that's really it. Um, it's it's high speed. It's it's just it's fast. It feels natural. I'm not thinking about it. If you're thinking about the formatting, even five, 10 percent, you're using five, 10 percent of what you could be spending on dialogue or 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 story or but it, honestly i don't even think it's five or ten percent i think it's more like 30 percent sometimes also when you write in script format script format is beautiful like there's something attractive about writing in a script format you feel like you're a screenwriter and i think that's such a a a, a dangerous temptation to fall into for <laughs> it sounds weird but i feel like when i write in a script format if i i'm looking at a script format I could be writing garbage and it'll look beautiful because it's in that format. It just looks cool. It looks like a, it looks official. Um, I hate that. I want it to look like dog shit. I want it to look like amateur dog shit, but the only thing I want to stand out is the quality of the story that I'm telling and the dialogue and, and what's going on in that, that script. If the content speaks to me more than if the content speaks to me enough that it's a good script, and it doesn't need format, fancy formatting to look official. If it feels official by the story and the content, it, it, that'll be enough. But then, of course, once it's done, I go through the laborious task of retyping it in Final Draft or any script, fighting, script writing like um, thing um, so that I can make it official um, because I don't want people to think it's amateur's work. It's not. Um, Especially after all that work, it's it's nothing to just rewrite something into format, like into the right format. And also, I I've been doing that right now, and I I enjoy that process. I enjoy the process of of taking what I've written and putting it into final draft, copying and pasting it, and then reformatting each line individually and rereading through each line. It's allowed me to actually have some very crazy insights about what I've written. It's enabled me to, you know, re you know, re-experience it all more so than just if I was rereading it once. So there's something about just reformatting it and doing all that. I'm fine with it because it's like, I actually changed the title because of that. The, the title of the film changed as I was going through this process. So that probably wouldn't have happened if I didn't do this this way. So I'm fine with it. Uh, it's extra work, but it's, I think it's, it's extra work for a reason and it leads to better results uh, in terms of writing um but it's up to you uh, whatever works for you um Anne lamott's bird by bird book is a great reference for writing and revising i highly recommend her book the I, the concept of the shitty first draft is something that i got from her also the, the concept of rewriting is something i got from her where you're basically rereading what you wrote and then you're you're as you're rereading it you're thinking about ways to improve it and your your and how to just dismantle it just just your or or you know you know break it down and and rearrange things and that's something that is so that book is very helpful and she's a good writer and her that book is really written well and but all, all the other thing about bird by bird is it's the concept of take it bird by bird there was like some uh, the 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 con the concept of the book is her little brother waited to the end of the year, or the end of the summer. She had he had a summer assignment, which was to do a, an assignment on birds, or, or I think it was her little brother or him, or her. 
probably her little brother. Um, and it was like he had to like do write about a bunch of birds. And he waited to the end of the summer. He procrastinated. And then he had all these birds to work on. And then he cried about it. And then his dad took him and said, look, we're just going to do it bird by bird. I think that's the story. And that's true of writing. Take it bird by bird. Take it chunk by chunk. You, you, you just need to take it scene by scene. Okay. Solidify each scene. Get each scene working. And then, you know, and, and, and even before you get to that, like I said, the outline, the uh, take it idea by idea. Now, don't you don't have to come up with an entire idea for a feature film and write it in forty eight hours, like like you hear fucking Rocky was. But that was the first draft of that was dog shit. But it had the ideas. Um, that's what I heard, and 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 you know, it's uh, that's what I heard from Sylvester Stallone in an interview. But um, it, yeah, it's basically you 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 chunk things you're chunking things down so that it's in manageable bite-sized pieces because your your brain is only so powerful okay and you want to you want to identify those integrated problems a scene is an integrated problem uh, characters that are interacting with each other or have integrated stories are an integrated problem you know and find ways to chunk things um and if you're working on a story with 13 characters with integrated storylines find a way to chunk those integrated characters amongst themselves so that they're not and then figure out a way to loosely connect them to each other in a way that is meaningful and impactful to each of their stories if you're going to do this ridiculous thing that i plan to do um but uh get uh so to get feedback on let's see uh actually let me just make sure i, I got everything i talked about uh so get feedback on rewrites and when rewrites feel solid to you animal mounts bird by bird yep Write the way that feels most natural, even without formatting, just format later because uh, basically reserve the most brain capacity for story and dialogue as possible. Uh, once the script is finished, maybe a last round of feedback from those you trust, format it, get it fi copywritten, copyright.gov. Um, it's 50, 40, 50, $60. I forget. I think it's $60 last time I did it, 65. Do it. Um, get it protected. Uh, and you can sign into like the portal and whatnot and do all that. It's, it's pretty straightforward. Um, the future of my writing craft, writing big projects entirely through memory, like I do shorts and sketches now and, and not writing a single word till it's finished line for line. Recently, I had this revelation that maybe maybe the future of my filmmaking would be to write entire feature films or big, huge projects through memory until I before I write a single line of it on paper I've talked about integrated problems solving integrated problems before you go and start writing them down on paper and trudging through the, the quicksand but I've also talked about chunking integrated sections of those bigger stories or bigger projects or bigger problems and finding loose ways to integrate looser ways or easier ways to integrate those heavily integrated sections. Um, but I've, I haven't, I haven't figured out a way to write an actual feature film like this, the way I do my sketches now, where I write it entirely through memory in my brain. Maybe I can do it, but I wonder if I, but there's also a part of me that thinks, well, if I do that, they're going to be more, it's going to be more lighthearted than any feature film I've ever done. 
the and and all the feature films I'm working on, there's a darkness to them. There's there's a dark, real gritty reality to each of them, and and you know that's just how it is. It's just what it ends up being, and I think part of that is because I go into this dark, laborious process of writing, and some I think somehow that that can that that causes that or that influences that to happen. And if I just write entirely through memory, maybe it'll be f more fun, more something that people enjoy more. Uh, I don't know. I really, this is something I've thought about recently. I had like a, <laughs> like a day where I was just like, you know what, maybe I should just not do the feature films I'm working on now and just work on that. But I'm like, no, yeah, that, that really fucked me up when I thought of doing it that way. Um, just really just derailed my everything I was doing. Uh, whenever I have like a crazy harebrained idea of, you know, I'm going to just do this all differently. <laughs> it never seems to work out. Um, it might work out in a small way, but uh, it's not, a, it's never something major. So everything I've talked about so far, these are the, these are just things I know are, are you know, they, they get me the best results I can get currently. And so, and they're going to change over time they all change over time and, and, uh, you know, it might not all work for someone, but, uh, it's what works for me. And that's why I want to pitch it and get it out there so people can use it and see what works for them, uh, and see if it's of any use. Um, but, and I might probably never do that full thing in my head, but you know, there's a, there's some books that I've heard have been written that way. I don't know if I fully believe that. Um, I think they might've loosely been figured out all in their head. Um, just by the way it's written. Um, but, uh, I don't know, probably, I'll probably still improve some elements, but, but here's where we're ready to get into part three, um, on, or, or yeah, part three on production, uh, and how to develop and craft your vision using a lot of the things we've talked about in the, this and the last, um, part of this podcast, um, basically a lot of, it involves a lot of the creativity elements. It involves the, the concept of the limitations. And so, uh, so that's, it's important that all of these parts are integrated, um, in this podcast because it's, they influence each other. They influence other parts of the process. And so, uh, I wanted to do this whole podcast as one thing. So I think this will probably end up being, a. So that so far we did two hours and forty. Yeah, whatever. Probably be like a four or five or a four, five or six hour podcast. We'll see. All right, but I appreciate you listening. I and I, I look forward to seeing hearing from you. <laughs> look forward to seeing you uh, on the next take or the next uh, part of this of this uh, podcast episode. Take fifteen C. Thank you. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening or watching. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. For notes and links to things mentioned on the show, my films, the video version of the podcast, or select the clips from each episode, go to ProfitableProductions.com backslash podcast. Profitable is spelled like my name with two Fs, two Ts. Also, for updates on future episodes, follow me on Instagram at TomProfitTake and at ProfitableProductions. Thanks again. Catch you on the next take.